0: Welcome to the Service Academy Sorority, a space where women that have graduated from the Service Academies can share their stories and build a sense of camaraderie and sisterhood. This episode features Laura Springer, a 2004 graduate from the US Merchant Marine Academy. In this episode, you'll hear how Laura's time at the Academy helped her hone in on her intuition and trust her feelings, how a key moment during 9-11 completely altered the trajectory of her career, why she's not 100% sure Kings Point would be a good fit for her daughters, and how she's built a successful career in the Coast Guard while also being married to a classmate and raising a family. I encourage you to listen to the interview in its entirety as the conversation gets super interesting towards the end of the interview when Laura reflects upon whether or not she'd make the same decision to attend an academy if she could do it all over again. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Laura.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Can you tell everyone where you're from, what school you went to, and when you
1: graduated? Hi, my name is Laura Springer. I graduated in the class of 2004 from the United States Merchant Marine Academy. I'm originally from North Brunswick, New Jersey, which is about an hour and a half uh, away from the Merchant Marine Academy, which is on Long Island. I am active duty Coast Guard. I joined the Coast Guard right after graduation. Right now, I am stationed at Guard Headquarters in uh, Washington, D.C. Okay.
0: I was going to say, can you give everyone one to two lines about who you are today? But I think you did a pretty good job right there. Is there anything else you want to add?
1: I am also a mom. I have two lovely daughters. I married my um, college sweetheart, Chris. He, um, we... Are both here in DC, and um, he's also in the military. He got activated. He's a reservist. So we're trying to navigate uh, life with two kids in DC, and yeah, about that's about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and disclaimer: you and I were classmates, or our classmates. So there you go, KPO4. Yeah. Okay. All right. So to start, let's go back to the beginning when you were deciding where to go to college, what made you choose a service academy and what made you specifically choose the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy?
1: So I wanted, I'm an only child. I didn't have any brothers or sisters and I just really wanted to do something different. My parents were always like, pushed me to do kind of different things. Um, and I was also a swimmer, played sports and I wanted to swim in college. I looked at the Naval Academy. I did not get offered admission. And my parents were, while I was applying to the Naval Academy, they told me about the Merchant Marine Academy. My grandfather had actually gone there during World War II. I don't know if uh, this has been touched on before, but the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy actually lost 142 midshipmen during World War II. Because unlike the other academies, we go out and work on commercial ships during our time. So my great, my grandfather had gone there during that time. I actually have pictures of he and my grandmother in front of the steps of Wiley Hall. For those of you unfamiliar with the Merchant Marine Academy, the big mansion is called Wiley Hall. So got into Kings Point. I think I applied in, at the beginning of September, found out I got in at the end of September, uh, waited that long, painful time to find out I did not get into the Naval Academy. Um, wasn't sure on the Merchant Marine Academy, actually paid tuition, um, to start at a different school in case I hated it. Um, but made it through all four years. And I think, think I'm hope I'm a better person for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So in high school, um, it sounds like your family was pretty supportive of you wanting to go into the military. And that is crazy that, uh, that you said your grandfather, what was he like class of 1942 or something?
1: It was in the forties. They pushed so many classes through. I don't really, I don't have the exact dates, just that really cool picture of them in front of Wiley Hall.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. So when you grow, when you were growing up, did, did you talk about the Merchant Marine Academy at all? Was that any, was there any of that in your life at that time?
1: No. Um, so he actually is me he died before I was born. I just heard stories He actually had um he was on the romance run during World War two and had two or three ships torpedoed out from under him and was rescued at sea um Wow maybe i I think it kind of in the back of my mind made it might have made me more interested in the Coast Guard because I really like the mission of the Coast Guard, but actually selfishly um I think my parents wanted to keep me close to home. I grew up um close to the academy, only child. Little did they know that um, it was in, because I, I really wanted to go to school on the West Coast if I didn't go to a service academy. And I think they thought it was keeping me closer to home. And then at the, as soon as I graduated, I moved to Hawaii as my first <laughs> duty station was at Sector Honolulu. I think from the time I was seven on, I was like, get me out of New Jersey. Wow.
0: Wow. That's so funny. Um, so was swimming, like, was that a big piece of your college, you know, your college selection process? Was that a big part of what you wanted to do in, in college?
1: Um, so I just have, I've been an athlete my whole life. Um, I don't really think I, I realized it until after I graduated. Um, like what a huge part of my life, athletics and fitness is, um, I definitely wanted to play sports in college, um, and the D3 environment made it fun. Um, I grew up in a really high stakes uh, uh, USS swimming program. Like there are girls that I went to swimming with that got full rides at D1 schools. I was just I always loved it. It was kind of my escape. Um, mm. I'm a total introvert, and swimming is the perfect introvert sport. Um, like swimming and running, and yeah. it just is always. As an adult, though, I, I've taken up running, and it just makes me happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if you had gotten into the Naval Academy, do you think you would have gone there?
1: Um, I think I would have, but I don't – I think Kings Point was a better fit for me. Uh, it let me have really close friends. I think I never – I never, I remember going on a visit there, and I just um, – everybody seemed like the class president, the person who had all their stuff together in high school, like homecoming queen, um, like just shiny and perfect. Um, I think yeah. Kings Point probably was the better place for me.
0: Mm, I can totally relate to that. I felt like, I feel like Kings Point's like we a little more, um, like introverted people go, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, cause they're all type A, you know, they're all still yes. that kind of type A personality, but it is more of that. Like, uh, I don't know. I felt the same way at the Naval Academy. I was like, this is way too intense for my personality.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And everybody, I, yeah, everybody was just so perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 totally hear you on that. Like you walk around and for me it was intimidating. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> same, cool. same. And yeah. th- they're their big dining hall, everything.
0: Yeah, there's just, like, so much prestige. And and yeah. it's crazy. Like, I, I think it's just the whole idea, like, even with the Merch Marine Academy of how it's so unknown. I think um, that's what makes it that way. Like, the Naval Academy is so well known.
1: And, like, they recruit amazing people and turn out amazing officers. But I also I, – I think, like, just the, vo- the size just would have been too big for me. And I also think I would have really – struggled with the the class rank system. Uh, King's, yep. Point not, King's Point not having class rank really let me be honestly friends with people. Because I think like one of my weaknesses is I'm a little competitive. I think like if they had printed a list with like military numbers, athletic numbers, I don't think I could have developed the friendships that I developed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard uh, through this podcast, I've Interviewed quite a few people from the other academies, the DoD academies, and I've heard about that ranking system. And wow, I'm so glad we did not have that at Kings Point. Um, that seems a little intense. So, so yeah. So it sounds like though, yeah. uh, in the end, uh, the Merchant Marine Academy was a better fit for you. It's where you got in. You decided to go there. Um, in your in your school, when you let everybody know that that's what you wanted to do was how did everybody else take it like your friends and and teachers and things
1: like that I don't think they were surprised I I'm I've been, always been a very goal oriented person and I think they were a little bit like merchant what so you're a marine what are merchant marines yeah, yeah. and I grew up in like the stereotypical New Jersey town it was the 90s uh people like lots of makeup tanning um I think they were like okay good for you yeah.
0: Yeah. And did you have any sense of what you were going to do post-graduation when you got in?
1: I So I initially really thought I was going to sail or join the Navy. Um, my senior kind of changed that. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: on a merchant ship on September 11th. Uh, we were in Japan. Uh, the tower came down. Um, growing up so close to New York City, it really kind of impacted me, and then uh, a Coast Guard boarding team came and did a, I I now know why we got a port security boarding, but we got a boarding, I talked to the, he was a senior chief, I talked to him, he told me about the Coast Guard, and he was a reservist, he was a school teacher, and it just uh, sounded really good, Um, and I Mm. also really enjoyed, I enjoy ships, but I don't necessarily love spending extended periods of time on them
0: interesting okay so we're definitely going to dive more into that as we get into your time at the academy but let's uh let's go back a little bit and let's talk about you know you made this decision to get into to to go to the merchant marine academy um what was it like what was that that first summer like for you when you got there I mean were you prepared for the military like what was that like for you
1: oh no it's so funny no I remember waking up the first morning like after, in tears, like, oh my gosh, is the whole four years going to be like this? I found this letter that I had written to my parents. I was like, I thoroughly do not enjoy this. This is not fun. Please say hi to my friends if you see them. I hope I see you soon. Like, it was this just, like, ridiculous letter. So funny. <laughs> and, like, I should almost, I could, if I, it was awful, but I think something happens. Like, I remember my roommate, Farah. she's phenomenal. Uh, she started singing, like, Britney Spears in the shower. And like I started to realize that there were pretty cool people and um just take everything one day at a time. And I'm glad I I'm glad I stuck around.
0: Did that happen during indoc? She started singing Britney Spears during indoc?
1: Yes, she did. We were like in the shower, and they let us. I don't know. Maybe it was just the drill instructors we had. They're like, "You can take a shower. That's as long as you girls want, as long as you're singing in the shower." Or maybe we just, <laughs> we might have also just smelled really bad because it was hot and humid in the East Coast, and they were just like, "Please, just stay in there, and you stink."
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that is one advantage you had from some of the people that go to the Merchant Marine Academy is that you were from New Jersey, so you knew about the humidity in that first summer which can be a real shocker for some people oh yeah yeah it can be pretty brutal um okay so you so you had a little bit of like in the beginning you were kind of like i don't know about this um but you got into it uh you made it through the summer and then what happened as you dove into the academic year
1: Oh, well, school was really hard for me. Uh, I don't know if Kings Point necessarily suited my academic strengths. Um, got the lowest grades I got in my, I've ever gotten. Um, I swam, though, and had a lot, of, um, a lot of made friends and realized that I wanted to stay and do the all four years because I watched the seniors on the swim team graduating, getting jobs, and I, I wanted to be able to support myself when I graduated, not move back to Jersey can't go back, not going back to New Jersey. Um, Mm. (laughs) And I kind of stuck around. Um, I definitely um, if I could do it over, I think I would have tried to get better grades. Uh, Mm. I don't love and I hope this has changed, but I don't love the two oh and go mentality. Uh, I really Mm. wish I had gotten better grades. I graduated with a 2.8. And I know that I'm far more capable than that. Um, Mm. Having completed Two master's degrees um, with definitely better grades than that. (laughs) So, what
0: what was it about the academics? Was it the environment of the school, or was it what you were studying? Was there were there majors that you were interested in? Like, what was it?
1: Uh, So, I was a deci. It was just the um, uh, the general um, the harder the, the chemistry, physics. I think it was getting hit with all of that. Clevier. Uh that was really it was really hard. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's intense. It's a lot. You know, they're they're cramming four years of education into three years. So it's pretty it's it's a lot. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Um, okay, but you but it sounds like you had a moment where you were or or maybe even the whole first year, I'm not sure, whatever it was, but you had a period of time where you were really considering whether or not this was the school for you.
1: Oh yeah. Well, because we're older. Do you remember those those banks of payphones? I do. Yeah. I would walk don't by age them. Us. I, yeah. Sorry, we're, yeah. <laughs> um I would walk by those banks of payphones and be like, oh, I should just leave. I could just leave. Um, but I didn't. So I'm stubborn. I set the goal. I was like, I'm gonna graduate. I did. <laughs>
0: So, okay. So that's interesting. Um, how long did that feeling last? I mean, was that for your whole four years where you would walk by those pay phones and be like, I need to just call home and go home. Or was it just like the first couple of years?
1: I think it was definitely the first, um, year and a half. Like, um, I just, the, the swim team, my sophomore year, we got a new coach and I I got really close to a lot of people on the team my sophomore year. Um, there are people that I just consider like brother, I, at the time I've lost touch with them, um, that I considered brothers that I trained with, that I just loved. And like, we had this super small swim team of four girls that I just really enjoyed. Um, and I think that really was the turning point, um, that semester, um, between sophomore year and second C year, I was Mm -hmm. like, I can do this. I'm going to graduate. Um, Mm. Yeah
0: interesting okay all right well let's pause here for a second and if you had to sum up your time at the academy in one word what would it be
1: pretty long I still (laughs) like sometimes still wake up and like have dreams about my time there it was four years and it was 16 years ago and I went to our reunion our 15-year reunion last year um shortly after moving back to the east coast and um I felt like no time had passed. And then I was like, how did these midshipmen get so young looking?
0: <laughs> yeah. We look the
1: same. I'd like to say we look the same. Actually we, we look better. We, we don't look age. better.
0: Yeah. No. I agree. Definitely. Not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long. Did it just feel like a like a constant effort it was like, for many years? Yeah.
1: It was like a marathon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like people, yeah.
1: people, I don't know if you've run a marathon, but it just felt like a marathon. And then like, yeah. it ends uphill with license.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what I tell everyone. It's like King's points, like an uphill marathon. And, and if you trip at the end, you fall all the way back to the beginning. There's like no yeah. room for error ever.
1: <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, all right. So long. Um, I do think that's a very good word to describe King's point. Um, but all right, so let's dive into some of your highlights at the Academy. What were some of the highest, the high points, the most memorable, positive experiences that you had?
1: Um, so I loved meeting my husband, discovering that he was just an amazing human. Um, I initially, he was a wrestler. Um, I think, like, and so on long weekends, the only people that stick around usually are athletes. And he was in my section, and I talked to him. So definitely meeting him was a high point. Um, swimming, I loved. We took swim team training trips. Uh, we went down to Fort Lauderdale every Christmas. And then Sea Year. But I'd also say Sea um, Year was also a low point because um, you're spending 300 plus days on a ship. I had some really unique experiences, some good, some bad.
0: Mm, okay, we're definitely going to dive more into that. But tell us about some of the, the positive experiences at Sea. What did you What did you love about it?
1: I loved. We got. I was on a ship that went to Thule, Greenland, which there's an air force base there. So we brought fuel to resupply the air force base, and I got to meet people from the Danish Navy. I got to see the air force base, just kind of tool around the Arctic, um, which is something I never thought I would do as someone who all I wanted to do on sea year was take a Matson ship from. California to Hawaii. That never happens. Uh, mm. I like to think that's why I got orders to Honolulu um, <laughs> for my first tour. Yeah. Um, my I went out to sea with my best friend, second sea year. It just um, strengthened our bond. Um, and we went to dry dock in Liverpool. So got to see just a lot of the world and learn about the workplace on merchant ships and learn mm. that it was not um, necessarily the right career path for me, working on a yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, and you said you were at the Academy during 9-11, which as was I, so I, I know that. Um, but you, you were actually on a ship. Like, I was at the, actually at the Academy, but you were on a ship. So um, that sounds like that was kind of like a weird low light slash highlight for you, because it changed your whole career trajectory.
1: I did. And um, so to this day, I've, um, I don't think I've ever seen a whole video of the towers coming down because um, there, the internet connectivity didn't even exist. I think on my first ship, I didn't even have email.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's about right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. Um, interesting. And when did you meet your husband? What year was that at the academy? Uh,
1: junior year. After, wow. So after second year.
0: Okay. Well, you're still with him. Uh, so yeah. clearly, that was definitely a, <laughs> a high point. Um, he puts up,
1: yeah, we put up with each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I think um, that's something that people don't, um, it takes a lot of, like, give and take. And yeah, we, I'm definitely grateful. Um grateful for him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you swam for all four years, right?
1: I did. Yes
0: did you do any other sports or th- things like that? Or you pretty much stick? No, to? Th-
1: that's actually my, one of my biggest regrets. I wish I had um, kind of stepped outside my comfort zone um, and tried collegiate running. I ran track in high school and I loved it. Um, but swimming always just swimming just took so much time. And um, I actually think I'm a better runner than I ever was a swimmer. <laughs> mm. um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I really regret not trying it, but, I also know that I'm someone who doesn't sometimes struggles with the fact that there are in fact, 24 hours in a day. Sometimes I like to think they're 26. Mm -hmm. So I overload myself. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, we would have loved to have had you over on the team just for the record.
1: (laughs) I I know one, one girl I swam with Melissa did both and I mm -hmm. just was like, can't, can't do it.
0: Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, so let's dive into some of the lowlights then. It sounds like you had some lowlights during your C year. Um, You want to share a little bit about that?
1: Definitely. I was just uh, not feeling particularly welcome. Um, I had a bosun who was like, why are you here? What are you doing? Are you really going to do this? Why am I training you? It was kind of like, oh, I wish I had like, like a, a friend or a he made it very clear he wasn't particularly interested in helping me with my sea project, helping me like learn the ropes. Um, and then I had like, just, it just wasn't welcoming. And I realized that, um, working with 22 other people, um, was not what I wanted to do. And then, um, my sea partner actually got sick and a ship's captain asked me to leave because he did not want a 22 year old female on a ship by herself with no other females. And I'm like, Mm. If you don't think... No, I'm just like, this is not... And I'm really actually grateful. Um, There are some people that are working to change that. And some of our classmates failed and were amazing. And I give them so much credit because um, I just did not feel welcome. And it didn't feel like the career for me.
0: Yeah, so you're saying you didn't feel welcome as a female.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, by the way, I was one female alone on a ship with 23 men. So I get that. That's, it's a tough, it's tough. And all it takes is like one or two bad seeds (laughs) that can really rock your confidence, you know?
1: Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Um, Looking back now though, Laura, is that disappointing to you that you felt that way?
1: No, I'm a feeler. Like um, I love Myers-Briggs and I'm a feeler and I'm just like, I feel like That's what my instincts told me and I'm going to just trust it and say it was a great experience. Um, I fully support women who do it and I will do anything I can to further help them, but it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. And I don't think I don't necessarily know if life on a coast guard cutter would have been for me. Mm. I like ships. I like inspecting them. I like being around them. I like thinking about traffic mitigations for them, but um I also really like being on land and I think as I've grown older I've discovered I'm almost more of a mountain person than a beach person. <laughs>
0: mm, interesting interesting. Okay, and then you know at the academy itself um did you have any low lights at the academy?
1: I did. I really like um I really well a couple things academics um I took, I had to take terrestrial navigation, the license exam twice, um, which it, I, I studied past grit, got through it. Um, but the other thing was I, um, let someone, bar- I let a classmate borrow my midshipman ID so his girlfriend could drink at a bar. It was dumb. I shouldn't have done it. I got a class one. Uh, I got some time, I got to spend some time on restriction and I think it just really taught me, um, I knew I, I knew I shouldn't have trusted this person. Um, but I did trust him and I'm grateful that, um, I'm yeah, I'm grateful that I just got a class one because he like tried to use the ID to sneak her on campus and have her stay in his room. And like, yeah, I just, I, I learned a lot about who to trust. And I think I really going back to that, that feeling, peace. I, I think I would tell anyone if red flags go up about someone, trust your instincts, and that's actually served me super well at work. Um, I worked with some. I worked with someone who is now who's a convicted sex offender, and like something in me went off about him, um, and I just stayed away. He was like life of the party. Everyone loved working with this person. So if I could say anything that I developed there, it was really just to trust my instinct about people and which people to keep your distance from.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I'm hearing a theme um, of like you just, your time at the Academy being a time where you're honing in on like your senses and your instincts and your feelings and like trusting your intuition about people and environments and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. Uh, I mean, that's definitely a good, good lesson to learn for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's tough. That is tough. When did that happen? That situation was that like your first class year or?
1: Uh, yeah, I got a class one my first class year, okay. and then um, lo and behold, that same instinct like um, came out as an adult, and I was, and it was helpful to me.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, now. In your class, or I should say, in our class, um, how yeah. many females were there?
1: There were about fifteen of us.
0: Yeah, I like. I just wanted to ask that question because <laughs> <laughs> to give perspective <laughs> to the listener. Because yeah. um, our class, uh, how many kids did we have in our class when we graduated?
1: A little less than two hundred, I want to say.
0: So what I remember is this: I remember that we started with two hundred and thirty-six students total. I want to say that, um, and our class graduated. 100, I don't know why I want to say this, but I want to say like 180. Oh,
1: that, um, sounds, that sounds right. That sounds so yeah. totally
0: correct. Right. <laughs> but I also want to say that there were like only 110 from the original class, like something yeah. <laughs> ridiculous like that. I really think that that's what I remember. That's the number I remember because so many people got set back into our class and set back or kicked out from out of our class. <laughs> so I think that's a really good perspective to share with listeners that aren't so familiar with the Merchant Marine Academy. It's like, yeah, we had 15 women, 15. Yeah. And they were all
1: great. And I think um, if I could do it over, I think I would have wasted less time worrying about like what some of these silly boys thought about me and um, really strengthening female friendships.
0: Yeah. So tell me more about that. How were your relationships with the other females in your
1: class? So I got super lucky. Um, My for whatever reason I was in fourth company, we started with five girls and we graduated with five girls um i I found people for the most part who like could deal with my strange chlorine swimming self um I roomed with all of the girls in my company at some point. I was just so grateful for them they were just they're all so different and amazing in their own ways um i if I could do it over though I think i I was a little more competitive with. Um, some of the girls in my class I wish I had just realized accepted uh, them as people going through the same thing as me and just amazing humans
0: Mm. yeah yeah it's also tough though because half of the women are not on campus for two of the years that you're on campus that's the other thing yeah that people don't really realize too because they're on the opposite c-split so Half of them are out at sea while you're at school. So your class is really small
1: <laughs> for sure. It is. And the crazy thing though is um, so all of the girls I mentioned, we all were on the same sea split.
0: Yeah, I remember so that. Yeah, All
1: five of us. Like, yeah. And then Farrah, Farrah was in my section the whole time. So yeah.
0: Yeah. You did look out. Fourth Company I did. was where
1: I was at back then. I, I did. Yeah. It was closest to the gate. I think I'm yep. um, like my point of pride senior year was I had the room that was closest physically to the gate. Wow. And, <laughs> and the swimming so pool.
0: Yeah. That's so funny.
1: And, and so with
0: such a small percentage of the class being women, um, and such a small number of women, uh, how did you feel your interactions were with your, with the guys in your class?
1: I definitely developed some good friendships, but I found that, um, the, female friendships were really the ones that have lasted after the academy mm yeah I would concur
0: um, interesting did you did you feel like there was any tension
1: between the men and the women on campus
0: or generally no, yeah no
1: I also just think like um, as we all move on with our lives I think it's it's hard sometimes for um, for people to stay close. I don't know. It's just, um, it's a complicated dynamic, which um, I've just found a safer space with my female friendships from the Academy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And did you feel
0: um, because you talked about some of these older sailors, merchant mariners on the ships, um, not really feeling welcoming to you as a woman. Um, did you feel that way with any of like, say the staff? Cause a lot of the staff on campus, um, they're old, they're old mariners. Uh, or did you uh, feel generally that they supported women being in the industry?
1: I don't know. I do remember, um, I had, there were some females on staff and I just thought that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I was too stubborn. I'm like, i you're, you're going to help me. This is, I'm graduating. You're going to help me. I don't care what you think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there was a lot of that too. And I even remember like Cleve summer, like people would say, Oh, so-and-so doesn't think girls should be here. And I just was like, just dumbfounded and just kind of like, just chose to steamroll that and be like, if that's your attitude and the energy you want, um, no, thank you. You don't, you're yeah. not worth my time.
0: Yeah. It sounds like from the, what you're sharing, Laura, that like you really just, you found a process that worked for you. Like you had your swim team, you had your girls, you know, you were struggling a little bit through academics, but like you just put your head down and got through it. Like you committed to it and like, that was what you were going to do. And so you did it. That's what it feels like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's me. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely never going to be someone who like adds a ton of life and like craziness, but yeah, putting my head down and doing it is just kind of me.
0: (laughs) But did that feel like a little bit of, like survival mode to you? Or did you just?
1: Oh, Oh, yeah, it was total survival mode. And I think I even chose a chose a career that's a bit of survival mode. Um, I'm in the military. Um, Yeah. And sometimes I just really, I don't know if I made the right choices. I really love what I do. And I love the opportunities I've had. But I definitely is so funny. I I was like, because I'm gonna, uh, I don't know what the future holds with the Coast Guard for me. But I was like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if I could be an interior decorator. Um yeah. I definitely, I think my next chapter will be uh very different. I, I have no no interest in doing something where that's kind of where I'm in a male dominated environment. I'm, yeah. I think I'm I think I I think it was recently I'm just like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you get to a point where you're like, I'm tired of feeling like I'm always swimming upstream.
0: Yeah. And it's just really interesting to me because you're definitely like very in tune with your instincts and your intuition and your feelings and your emotions. And you're living out of the other side of yourself, which is put your head down, get it done, go, go, go. Um, so there is a whole side to you that feels very untapped, Laura. <laughs> oh,
1: well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. I also like, but the cool, I'm also someone who wants to make things better for other people. And if, um, if I can make like one person who's a lieutenant feel like, okay, I can stick this out. Um, I can make a difference. Um, and I really, then I feel like I've done my job and I really enjoy um, like one of my favorite things in my current position is I sit on hiring panels, boards, and I think I've done like 15 or 16 OCS interviews. So it's, I really, the Coast Guard's missions are fantastic. And just the wow. amount of change I've seen in the organization in my time with people being able to be themselves at work. Um, when I joined the Coast Guard, um, it's so funny. I met an MST, which is a marine science technician who introduced me to his roommate. And then like eight years later, he's like, this is my husband. Like, wow.
0: It's pretty wow. cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're exactly where you need to be, but I can definitely um, understand the desire to maybe branch out to something different. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, so let's back up for a second. <laughs> so, because I think listeners might be curious to know how you made the decision, like what that was like, you know, to go from the merchant marine into the Coast Guard, right, as opposed to sailing for the merchant marine. So, um, so we know that nine eleven was a big a big turning point for you as far as your goals post-graduation. So tell me a little bit more about that. So you get to graduation and what was the
1: plan? So I had two job opportunities. I had joined the Coast Guard or work as a GS for NGA which is um, the National Geospatial Agency. So it would be doing GIS which as I taught, it was the very ground stages of GIS. And um,
0: can you explain what GIS is?
1: um, It's basically um, like simply if you look at Google Earth, you know how it's round and you can insert coordinates and get a spot on a map. Um, That's what GIS was brand new when I was graduating (laughs) um, from college. So I got offered a job there or um, a job as a marine inspector at Sector Honolulu in Hawaii. And I was just... I just decided to give the Coast Guard a chance. Um, I got to uh, Sector Hano, learned about marine inspection, um, stood search and rescue duty, um, learned about incident response, and I was kind of sold. I really liked the work. And I also liked that um, it was dynamic. It's not going to work, same thing every day. Um, mm, yeah. And I still, I'm in, a, I'm in a staff job right now, and I miss it. Like, it's a double, like, I miss um, how everything, you never know what's going to happen the next day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just so listeners know, like when you graduate from the Merchant Marine Academy, you can choose any service. So you chose active duty Coast Guard, it sounds like. You got sent to to uh, Hawaii, right? Um, yeah.
1: It's embarrassing story, though. I um, did not know how far away it was from the continental United States. mm. Um, because growing up in the East Coast, people think Hawaii is like the other side of the planet. Um, I really yeah. legitimately thought it was a three-hour plane ride from California. It's not. Five and a half hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll never forget like being an ensign, like we should be landing. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so now you said you met your husband your junior year, right? So at this point, was he kind of doing his own thing with his career at that time? Or was that a factor? <laughs>
1: He was. He was working. Um, he took a job at NASCO in San Diego building ships.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So you guys were apart at this point. Um, and now, so how long were you there? How many years did you stay
1: there? Uh, I, we were in, I was in Hawaii from 2004 through 2008. And he was there through, from 06 to 08.
0: He was with you to Yes.
1: Yeah. We were apart for two years, kind of navigated long distance. This is before FaceTime. We, I remember counting down to go fly to San Diego to see him and he would fly out to see me. But I think it was really important that we both kind of like try, try life as adults um, and we came back together and I'm really grateful.
0: Yeah, that's smart, Laura. That's a good, uh, yeah. Yeah. You give yourself a little bit of time to explore on your own. Um, Yeah. But you both obviously gravitated back towards each other. So that's pretty amazing. So, um, so he joined you uh, out in Hawaii. You were doing Marine inspecting. And what happened next? Why did you pivot out of that position?
1: Was it military? We had to rotate. He took a job with a local towing company that had offices in Seattle so, um, I requested jobs in Seattle, San Francisco. They sent me to Seattle next, where I worked as a Marine casualty investigator. Um, we spent seven years in Seattle. Uh, we had our first daughter in 2012. Um, Chris actually, uh, is active in reserve. So he kind of pivoted to civilian, um, Coast Guard, uh, civil service. So he's a civil servant and a Navy reservist now, um, We were in Hawaii for, not Hawaii, excuse me, we were in Seattle for seven years, then did a tour in um, Portland, Oregon, Um, then I went to grad school, um, and now I'm paying back my graduate school in um, Coast Guard headquarters in Washington, D.C.
0: So you really really got your fill with the West Coast.
1: I can't wait to go back.
0: Yeah, going from New Jersey out to the West Coast uh, for many years. Um, So what were you doing in that? Tell us a little bit more about that second position when you were in Seattle.
1: So um, a marine casualty investigator, after something terrible happens, you have to kind of try to figure out what happened. Um, Was were drug or drugs, alcohol a factor? was their misconduct or negligence. Um, Funny story, I actually ran into a King's Pointer doing that and it was one of the hardest days of my career. Um, Marine casualty investigation work does not get enough credit. It's extremely difficult. You're meeting people on the worst days of their lives. And after that, I took a job doing um, emergency planning and um, disaster response.
0: You know, it's interesting. As an inspector, though, you're also that guy. You're that guy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, you're that guy. You are. And I remember yeah. like, seeing them as a cadet, but um, there's, there's a saying, regulations are written in blood. Um, if you look at a lot of the oil pollution regulations, they're dr- a direct result of the Exxon Valdez in the early 90s. So uh, I. This is. I think the regulations we have are important um, to promote safety at
0: sea. Mm, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I agree, of course, but you are that guy. I'm just going to be <laughs> <I am>. clear. <laughs> no, no, you are.
1: I'm a total rule follower. But uh, that's
0: me. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, so that's good. So tell me like in the coast guard, so, you know, you told us a little bit about your feelings in the merchant Marine when you were sailing as a cadet, you know, you didn't really feel that welcome. Um, so what was your sense in the coast guard?
1: So the coast guard there are a lot of women in the field I I picked. Um my first boss was a, a woman. Um I I've, I've had females my whole people that looked like me above me and they just never said don't don't do something. They were like you've got this. Um I think though <laughs> um I do I remember going into a commander's office. I'm a commander now, so this is kind of crazy. And I just thought she had all the time in the world to mentor and um, she sat there and listened to me and made me feel important. And I think seeing people that looked like me was huge. I don't know if I had gone to a different first unit if I really would have felt as welcome. And I think um, when they talk about diversity and inclusion, it's a lot easier to be in an organization when someone looks like you. I didn't have that experience on merchant ships, but I did have it in the Coast Guard.
0: Mm, that's the second time you've kind of brought that theme up because you brought it up at the Academy, how you thought it was cool that you could see like some of the, some of the professors were women and they were merchant yes. mariners. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do know that in the regiment side of things at the Academy, there weren't that many women. Um, as far as like, not students, but, um, well, students as well, but you know, officers walking around that were women. They were, yeah it's, yeah.
1: it's funny though. The one, uh, she was the RX. Um, her name was Reagan. She was on the phone team.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's, that's really powerful. That realization of how important that is that, um, feeling like that you're looking at someone that, you know, that you can relate to, yeah. um, yeah to help you feel welcome and inspired and motivated and connected to what you're doing. So, um, so that's cool. So that was like your first at your first uh, situation in Hawaii. Um, yeah. but when you went to Seattle, was it the same feel?
1: Um, to some extent, um, yes and no. Um, I definitely had there was our, our captain of the port, which was female, She was, she was really hard. She wasn't, she actually got relieved of command because of toxic command climate. Um, Mm. But, but at the time I was racing triathlons and the coast guard was um, I got to do, I got to go to the military world games for triathlon at the time. And um, I was really happy because the coast guard was really supportive of uh, my athletic endeavors um hmm. i raced the iron man in kona twice i don't know how many all navy triathlon teams i was on um hmm. i went to the world military games for triathlon and swimming um so yeah hmm.
0: and they were supportive of you just having to train oh. and do all that kind of stuff yeah
1: yeah beyond supportive um hmm. that's yeah. cool
0: uh that's like a cool random fun fact and we didn't even get to that part of the interview yet <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. got tons of them
0: Yeah, yeah. But so, but just go back for a second. You said toxic command climate. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Um, Yeah, she would like walk around if someone had a jacket on the back of a chair, she would rip it, throw it down. Um, Yeah, just didn't act, wasn't kind, didn't act the way I tell my Mm. kindergartner to act.
0: Okay, so it was kind of like a harsh environment just in general for everyone.
1: And I don't think it was because she was a woman or maybe she was brought up in a rougher Coast Guard and... Was like I don't know. I think everybody's got their own journeys, and I'm grateful that um, some senior leaders spoke up, and she was relieved. Mm. So when she when she left, um,
0: how was it after that? Was it was it still like you felt you felt pretty good?
1: Yeah, I did. I there were some great great JOs. Um, the cool thing about the bigger ports is there are a lot of junior officers that you have a lot of peers. I think it's the military is kind of weird because like it's very similar to the academy in some ways because you can just if you want to just be friends with people your age at work you can be mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was like a really supportive group of junior officers at sector puget sound and i still talk to some of those people that's I, cool yeah
0: yeah okay so then you move you said to portland for a little bit and then now you're in dc yeah so in all these transitions, you've felt pretty good, pretty supported. um, Like, not like you felt in the Merchant Marine, which was a little bit disjointed yeah. with,
1: yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm a working mom. Like, finding daycare, um, finding a school that I'm happy with is hard. I think my only my only complaint about the Coast Guard is the amount of moving you have to do. And um, I think as I've gotten older, I've really kind of, Um, I want to develop connections and roots somewhere like I just realized that DC finally feels like home because I went to the grocery store and I saw someone I knew.
0: Mm, Interesting yeah Yeah. how long have you been there again? About a year
1: yeah.
0: Okay Okay. yeah Um, does the Coast Guard move you around more than other services?
1: We actually move less than DoD. Okay Um, interesting
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly sounds like you're gearing up for some kind of transition with your career, um, just your life in general. Um, But, uh, but okay. But tell me now that you, you know, you're, you're looking back at your whole life and this whole trajectory, how do you feel about that initial decision to go to a federal service academy and to go to the Merchant Marine Academy?
1: I'm glad I got through it. I don't know if I'd do it again. Uh, Part of me um. Yeah, I'm fifty-fifty.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, tell tell me more about that. Did you even look at the Coast Guard Academy? You didn't, right? It was just Navy. I, they and- did. I.
1: They didn't have a girl swim team. Oh, they got a. I think they got a women's swim team our sophomore year.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I don't. Yeah, because there are a lot of other career options. I think. um, I, I think maybe I would have liked to pursue something with a little bit more flexibility built into it. Um, like the medical fields, um, because I really value my own time. And I think as I've gotten older, I've realized I really, uh, value being able to set my own schedule. Um, and that's where I'm at. Mm,
0: yeah, the coast guard didn't really let you do that so much. <laughs> no, <laughs> the military in general. Nope. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, listen, you're still young. You're still young, yeah. Laura. You could have a whole other career. A whole, it's so whole funny.
1: Career. I realized this during grad school, though, because um, the Coast Guard uh, sponsored me to go to grad school. So I went to the University of Southern California for global supply chain. And my kids will, are not interested in global supply chain. If I start talking about dwell times, throughput, any of that stuff, they just are not interested. Um, but mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so, but I realized, um, in talking to people in the private sector, just how much, um, how much, how different the private sector is and, um, how you can, you have a lot more control, um, sometimes (laughs) because there's, I think the grass is always greener, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how was that experience going to grad school? Did you go virtually?
1: I did a remote program. Uh, It was actually a hybrid. So it was the University of Southern California has a global supply chain program. So about half the cohort was international students. um, And then um, the other half was just regular American students. So it was really good. Um, And it was it was very eye opening. Um, And it was neat getting exposed to foreign cultures and uh, learning how Business is done in other parts of the world, and how everything is actually interconnected. Mm, hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Was that schooling experience like you? You had alluded to the fact that you got pretty good grades in your master's degree, um, as compared to like how you felt with this two O and go mentality at the Merchant Marine Academy.
1: Yeah. You, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just nice um, seeing people who are who were excited to be at school and it was okay to be excited about school because King's point, it was cool to not, not care. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's I th- kind of just get by. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think some of that's maybe born out of the fact that you all get the same license. So if you're going to sell, it doesn't really matter. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did you make the decision to go get your master's? Was that like something the Coast Guard offered you?
1: It is. Yeah. The Coast Guard has these amazing tabs where you can apply and just have a year, a year and a half to two years to pursue a master's degree. And then you have to pay it back um, with service. And that's what I'm doing right now.
0: And how many more years you have left with that?
1: Um, So I have orders in DC until 2023 and I'll have 20 years of service in 2024.
0: Oh, my goodness gracious, girl.
1: Woo. Oh, it goes too quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'm very excited to hear, you know, what you decide to do next. Um, and I know you said you're 50-50 on whether or not you should have gone to the academy, but I but I am a curious, I mean, we know one of the biggest lessons that you felt you learned was maybe just to trust your instincts more, but are there any more that you – um that you can think of from your time at the Academy?
1: I think I learned do the work. Um, I did the work towards the end of my time there and I got good grades. And I think the biggest lesson that whole, I'm not a fake it. till you make it kind of person. Um, I wish I I'm not, I need to do the work. I'm someone that can't just fly by the seat of their pants and I think learning that about myself that if you do the work and honestly do the work uh good things will come
0: like do the work like put your head down and get your hands dirty
1: yeah study um don't Mm. look for the pony honestly do the reading I think um the amount of when I actually did the work that the teachers assigned I magically got good grades I think (laughs) um It wasn't rocket science. I wish it hadn't taken me so long to figure out. Just do the work.
0: Mm. In high school, were you able to get by um, without doing the work?
1: Yeah, in high school. Well, in high school, I took classes that suited my interests. Like I took a lot of AP English, AP History, and um, you couldn't do that at the academy. You couldn't pick the classes that suited your strengths. You mm. got your schedule, and that was mm-hmm. that. I think we got three electives our whole time. yeah Yeah. two three electives
0: so yeah and for a school that sends you overseas it's kind of crazy how how few courses or foreign languages or humanities types courses there were back then you know Um, yeah there were so many core courses you had to take and they were they were a lot of like science and chemistry and you know terrestrial navigation and all that stuff so um so do you think that uh, if your daughter wanted to go to the academy, would you encourage that?
1: I I would be really honest. I'd have a very frank discussion about my time there. And I also would kind of um, – something I really worry about is um, the whole culture of um, – there's a lot of toxic culture around food and drinking and I would really warn her about that. My older, my older daughter, I really would not want her to go there. She's a sensitive, kind, amazing soul. And my my younger daughter, I still have to remind not to bite people. Mm-hmm. Like my younger my younger daughter's first word was roar. Um, <laughs> oh man. I think I think the Merchant Marine Academy is a really hard place for sensitive, feeling people. Um, yeah. My in my time there, I really. I built this little cocoon around myself. And, um, it, I, I think, I think I definitely cut off like the more, uh, creative feeling side of myself and was very business. And sometimes I worry that I've become, uh, too, um, too business oriented and too like, let's just get this done. And, um, I don't, I think, I think, It depends on their personalities and their career goals. Um, If one of them wanted to join the military, I would say I would be all about it. If they weren't sure or um, wanted to do something else, I would support that too. It's so funny Um, because my parents, I didn't want to burden my parents with college. The colleges I was looking at, the University of Southern California for undergrad was $42,000 a year when we were looking at schools and I just did not want to burden them with that. So I think that kind of drove me towards the Academy. And mm. one of the, one of the first things we did with our girls was like set up very aggressive college savings plans. I, I don't want, I want them to pursue careers that will support them, um, financially, emotionally, and kind of meet the, their, their needs. Um, but I definitely see my, my younger daughter being just fine. (laughs) That was what she was interested in. Um, It's funny, actually, that when she was born, the blue angels were flying overhead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And, and what do you, what do you mean by the culture being like a, there's like a toxic culture around drinking and eating? What, what do you, what did you experience there?
1: So, um, like we played this, Uh, so it was really unhealthy. I um the number of times I got blackout drunk, I was I I drank too much there when I did drink before I like realized how awful it was for me. Um and it was it was okay to get blackout drunk in the middle of the day and just like we played this game called um Edward 40 Hands where people would like duct tape two forties of beer to their hands and drink them. Um, so like Mm the alcohol was very unhealthy and like just the comments that they used to make about girls, they called us, um, KPA and Mm -hmm. like they would make, I I really felt like women at the school were judged by their weight and appearance. Um, if I could do, I think I definitely got some really bad eating behaviors as a result, like on my ship my first ship I ate Cheerios for three months straight because I didn't want to come back and have gained weight at sea Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I think and it's not healthy because especially like women's bodies are still changing um
0: yeah it's just
1: and also the the medical for females was awful I just
0: Laura I can totally relate to you the KPA thing was a huge fear of mine too and if anyone's listened to my story, they know that I had all those control issues with food already. So the KPA thing was another driving factor that I was always thinking of. So KPA for listeners stands for King's point. And we're not going to say that there were, but yeah, a nice butt, but it's another <laughs> word for butt. <laughs> um, so, but yes, like, and, and I, you're right. I mean, that is a huge part of the culture and survival mode uh you're feeling out of control, so a way to feel in control is to try to control your diet, your food, so all those things play in and i um I do agree that the drinking is you know was is i don't know at our during our time a little bit uh insane. I don't drink, Laura, so that you know it made it made me feel alienated actually, you yeah know?
1: So, so I got. I- yeah. So I'm like I'm family predisposed to alcoholism. Um mm. and I like as an adult I have like a beer or two that mm-hmm. and um it just yeah, it's just not health it was not healthy. Um uh, yeah. it was fun, but um yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just I'm guessing it's a very easy way to relieve stress. I just hope that um they have a better better way to handle it than they did when we were there. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm sure the Academy has worked on some of those issues, you know, since we've been there and there are definitely more women at the Academy since we've been there in 2004. So, um, yeah. So I think that's a, that's a solid answer, you know, valid concerns for your daughters if they were decided to want to go there and, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, So what's next for you, Laura, is that you're going to hang out in the Coast Guard until you're 20? Is that it?
1: Definitely here until 20. And um, yeah, I'm going to. So right now I'm doing waterways management um, at the headquarters level. So we create the policy related to um, staffing um, and training waterways managers in the field. And the policy, like right now. We're spending a ton of time um, thinking about how the commercial space industry is going to impact our nation's marine transportation system. So it was really interesting work and also um, get to work with Committee on Marine transportation and do a lot uh, with other government agencies.
0: Mm. Well, you know where to find me when you start your interior design business, first <laughs> uh, Coast Guard. <laughs> 2024.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. no, I, yeah. I think that just stems because I don't I'm tired of painting walls beige for other people to buy them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you. I hear you. Um, but it is true. I do hear it. I hear that other side of you ready to burst out. So. Um. <laughs> All right. And uh, before we go, do you have any parting words for listeners, perhaps a key message for your fellow Service Academy sisters?
1: just appreciate each other. I think um, so often as women we're scared to be vulnerable, um, find each other at work, um, take the time to enjoy each other um, and support other women in your organization or your service Academy. You're going to, people um, will try, people definitely enjoy um, saying rude things about uh, strong people. Um, try not to tear people down and instead build them up.
0: Mm. That is awesome. Awesome advice, Laura, seriously. Cause I think it is very easy, especially in our culture today to tear down people that are doing, you know, it's just, it's perfect advice. Honestly, I think so. I like that. I like that sentiment of building people up instead. That's awesome. Um, And finally, What is one random fun fact about you?
1: I have crystals on my desk at work at Coast Guard headquarters.
0: Yeah. See, see, there's this little side of you that is just like (laughs) screaming to be let loose.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. I'll take a
1: picture and send them to you.
0: (laughs) Yes. I, I think we need proof in the show notes that you have these crystals on your desk. So, um, That's fun. That is a fun note to end on for sure. So can you let listeners know how they can reach you, Laura?
1: I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram.
0: Awesome. And I will put those links in the show notes. All right, Laura. Well, it was awesome chatting with you. Great catching up. (laughs) And uh, thank you for sharing your story with the Service Academy sorority. Definitely. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to visit the Service Academy Sorority website to see photos, comprehensive show notes, and contact information for each guest. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. In addition, if you enjoy what you heard here today, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please feel free to submit your contact information on our website at www.serviceacademysorority.com.